There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ultra and welcome to the Talking Glarney podcast, where we call out Hollywood for its paddywhackery in films and TV about Ireland. My name is Stuart McNamara, and I'm here with my co-host, Ross Cross. Ah, uh, like... What even? Who even is? Who even is that? I, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, it's, uh, Rob here, your uh, other guy. Hello, Stu. <laughs> How's it going, Rob? How's your week been? First podcast out and everything. Good. Oh yeah, the 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 um, messages of support have been coming in. You know, my mother, my girlfriend, my nana. They're all all there. Uh the first thing we could talk about is a bit of news about Irish films. Yes. Have you seen the image of Brendan Gleeson as Donald Trump? Uh, I have. It's uh, sure is something. It's just a silhouette right now. But he's, my he's, God, he, he looks like got, it could be Trump. He's got the hair. He's got just the stance and everything. Yeah, so Brendan Gleeson is playing Donald Trump in the upcoming miniseries, The Comey Rule. Be out in November, and it's scary accurate. Yeah, it, it looks interesting. You know, I think anything with Donny Trump at the moment is a bit interesting. It's anything evocative. The other big bit of Irish film news, I suppose, is they released the trailer for the Foundation TV show. Uh, I wouldn't really be an expert on this now at all. I haven't really seen it, but I've heard these things. Yeah, it's, it's pretty hard sci-fi, but the reason that it relates to Ireland is that it's actually filmed in Limerick City in Troy Studios. Yeah, it's, it's good to see. I think they had that other sci-fi series that they shot there as well had come out. Yeah, the um, George R. R. Martin one that flopped. Really yeah, bad. unfortunately, but um, oh well, third time's the charm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll get there eventually. We'll get there. Yep. So we're going to start a new segment now called Uniquely Irish. Yes. So just for a lot of our listeners who might not be from Ireland, we're going to break down each week a topic that just kind of exemplifies Ireland, get into a little detail, and just give you a good overview of what Irishness really is. I, I think this is an important thing we're going to talk about now. It, it certainly plays a role in the film we're going to talk oh, about Oh yeah, that, it was quite uh, handy that we picked this one. Yeah, almost like we planned it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'd never plan anything, because we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> I watched Derby Gill again, that's the film we're talking about, right? Derby Gill Part 2, yes? <laughs> Rise of the Little People. So, on Uniquely Irish this week, we're talking Guinness. Yes. And uh, we have a bit of an expert here who's done pretty much a TED Talk on Guinness. So we'll let him start us off. Uh, yeah, I, I I did do that. I, I did a brief... I got to the finals of a national speaking competition called Fame Lab talking about Guinness and how it works, the science behind it. So Guinness is Irish, you'd be, you'd be shocked to hear. It is a stout, which some people might not know what exactly it is. A stout is basically like a beer, but it, it's quite uh, heavy. It's definitely heavier in kind of volume than kind of your American beer. But it's uh, the black stuff, a pint of plain. Uh, it's many names like that. And it's, uh, I think, an acquired taste, would you say, Stu? Yeah, definitely. It takes a bit to get into it. But once you're into it, it's a lovely, smooth drink. Yeah, and I think I, I definitely order it, you know, in a pub, which, as we're in a lockdown at the moment, and uh, the pubs aren't quite open yet, I, I've certainly missed it quite a lot. Oh, yeah. Because one thing that is one of the big rules... For Guinness is you do not drink it from a can. Although they have they have a fancy widget thing in a can that does not matter. But it does. I'm just saying Um, because as we both know, (laughs) they have done scientific studies 
on the perfect pour of a Guinness. Yeah, well, pretty much, if you order Guinness in a pub, and I've seen a lot of Americans do this, and don't don't be the one to do it, you'll see that they fill it almost up to the top, and then leave it off to the side. This doesn't mean it's done, and that you can take it and sit down. It's done in two pours. The proper way that Guinness recommend you do it is you fill the glass up until the harp, you leave it aside for just under two minutes, and then you fill it up to the top. Originally, this was because Guinness would be out of two different barrels. Before, we had like the complicated like nitrogen systems and taps and pubs. Now, they had two different barrels at two different pressures. Now, it's brewed with nitrogen instead of CO2, so that's what causes the head to form on it, along with the actual shape of the glass itself. So if you want a proper pint of Guinness, you need a proper Guinness glass, and you need to have it poured properly for you as well. You did remind me there of the tale of our good American friend, who when we were in the pub one oh, day... Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's it's the funniest story. Oh, he my went God. to buy a Guinness. He did. They gave the half pour, and put it down in front of him, and he paid and left yep. with his half pint. And he came back to the table, and we thought, did you drink half of the pint already? Because it, it hasn't settled. Yeah. And uh, he said, no, he just gave me half a pint. And so first off, we laughed. <laughs> and then we laughed some more. Eventually, we convinced him to go back up with one of us to convince the barman yeah. that uh, he had wandered off with only half a pint and hadn't just chunked half of it and we were trying to swindle him out of yeah. more pint. Um, yeah, so that that's, don't do that, basically. There's, there's a way of doing it. And also... When you get given your Guinness, don't immediately start drinking it. It has to settle. It's going to be like slightly brown. It's actually red. Guinness is a very dark shade of red. It's not black at all. Once it looks like it's gone entirely black the whole way up, then it's settled, then drink it. And of course, always drink the head last. You drink it through the head. Don't drink the head first. You will destroy the consistency of it. And if anyone ever draws a shamrock in your Guinness head, slap them in the fucking face. I was over in Scotland a couple of days after St. Patrick's Day on a trip and there was an English barman there and I came up and ordered a Guinness because I was like, you know, you got to try a Guinness in every country you go to. And I was like, yeah. All bad. Every yeah, Guinness yeah. outside of Ireland is bad. Having said, no, having said that, I, I did have a good point in Scotland when I went back there the second time. But anyway, but this English fella was behind the bar and he poured me the Guinness. He did the second pour and I was like, all right, maybe, maybe this will be okay. And he put it in front of me. And I saw that shamrock, and I just looked down, looked back up at him, and then just looked back down again. He was like, "Is something, is something wrong there?" And I was like, "Oh no, it's, uh, it's perfectly fine." I think the Spanish bar manager behind him uh, had just seen what had happened. He was like, "Oh, don't, sorry, sorry about that," and just did did a fresh one for me. And I think had a quiet word, like, "Never do that to an actual Irish person." <laughs> well, never do that to an actual Guinness would be my thought, but yeah. what can you do? Yeah. So uh, I think that'll probably about do it for uniquely Irish this week the tentatively named show. I really want to the point again. <laughs> <laughs> After the show, Rob. After the show. Where's all Paul's <laughs> We'll find somewhere. Then we have the movie itself. So this week it's Chasing Leprechauns. Yes. I think this movie is kind of responsible for this podcast coming into being. Yeah, it's pretty special in our hearts. I, I thought I'd tell the story now as good as any. I was staying over at Stu's one night and pretty much we woke up in the morning and we began to have breakfast. And I think this, we were flicking around the to TV, I think it was on RT, it was like our national yeah. channel. And this film was on and it was like, we could see it was Ireland. It was like, oh, it's um that guy from Heroes is on it. And it was in like the winter time. I was like, oh, that was probably shot it a couple of years back and then we saw what's it about leprechauns it was like i guess we'll watch it and it was oddly endearing in in kind of a way but it was definitely very paddy wackery mostly because we spent the entire time taking the piss out of it yes we did it's not a terrible movie 
No. It's just a bad movie. It's but it's, it's made by the Hallmark Channel. It's very much a made yeah, for TV I mean, Hallmark film. I think I this is probably the only Hallmark movie I've ever seen. And it's I, very much made for an American audience. And so it yeah. has a lot of the kind of tropes that you'd see. I would say it's, it's, not, it's not a terrible film. It's not an awful film. Like it, I think they, it was shot quite well. There is, yeah. I think, for the most part, quite good acting in it. We'll, we'll get more specific about it in a moment. Uh, it's just very American. This is like the prime example of, you know, Paddy Wackery, what all Americans think Ireland is like. And yeah, in, in fairness, though, they do one it, or two things that refute it, yeah. which we'll get into. We Oh, we will. There's a couple of bits here. But I, I suppose I'll start off. It, it, it's really still your, your standard film. I, I would go as far as saying kind of inspired by the field almost a little bit by John B. Keane. Uh, basically, we have our main character, Michael, played by Adrian Pastor, who's um, Pastor? Pastar? Pastar. Pastar, I say. Uh, Americans, American. Americans are weird with names. It's like you know, Mahoney or something yeah. like that. Who I forgot was in this film when I, until I rewatched it. I was like, oh, it's uh, Nathan Petretti from Heroes. Uh, he's also done a bunch of other wonderful things, but he is his boss is like, oh, we want to set up this uh, factory in Ireland. We bought the land, but there's some issue with uh, leprechauns living there. There's a local ordinance that says we have to make sure there's no leprechauns. I'm sending you to Ireland to get this sorted. Yeah, he's like a fixer or something. Yeah, he's like a corporate fixer, basically. So he goes over to Ireland to Ballyglen, which is in an unspecified part of Ireland. Yeah. Although I would say it was shot in County Wicklow, where near where they have a film studio. To their credit, this was actually shot in Ireland. Yeah, I think every <laughs> every main actor, apart from from Adrian Pastar, is his actually bo- and his boss. Well, yes, of yeah. course, but as, as far as I can see, uh, so he goes there and he's like, "Oh, you have to." He meets the mayor and the mayor's assistant, and then he's told, "Oh, go to the pub because Ireland. Of course, you got to go to the pub." And the pub owner there, he Sarah, played by Amy Huberman who's married to Brian O'Driscoll, a former captain of the Irish rugby team, who we'll talk a bit more about in a moment. He's also the leprechaun expert, as well as running a pub. He also meets the owl fella there, Seamus, played by Terry Byrne, who's very much the Darby O'Gill of this film, in many ways. Yeah. <laughs> got got that kind of owl fella in the pub feel. He doesn't really strike it off with Sarah too well, and he asks his, uh, the landlady staying with Evelyn for a little bit of advice, and eventually he gets it off a little bit with Sarah and kind of starts to see that maybe there's something up with these uh, little little people uh, on the land. He starts missing his keys and funny things start happening like getting locked in a telephone box. Basically they start fucking with him. They do start fucking with him and uh, a very important part of uh, as we have a leprechauns the last time, the trickster. Yeah. So it, it, eventually he kind of gets in there with the, the local people a little bit more, kind of starts romancing Sarah a little bit. He kind of falls for a bit and they kind of hit it off after having a nice cup of tea and a lovely mountainside and the beautiful Irish winter, which they, they got very lucky uh, with the weather they got for this film. Yeah, we can kind of tell exactly what year this film was from. Yeah. Because it's the only time we've gotten snow in the last 10 years. Yeah, particularly that heavy snow up in the... Well, this Wicklow Mountains is where this was shot and you can tell straight away. So they just got very, very lucky, but eventually gets it gets kind of off with Sarah a little bit. There's a nice bit of a, a thing where he, he tries to become Irish. But it has, a, of course, a, a lovely, fantastic line there, Stu, where he goes to Seamus the Elf and says, I want to be Irish. And Seamus says, well, are you Irish? And if you ancestry, he goes, not really. And he says, well... You've got one thing going for you. You're not English. Hey. Which I think is the one bit we remember from this film. I mean, we, we burst out laughing when you heard that. Yeah. To, to start off, we have no problem with English people <laughs> now. Don't. There's a lot of history there that we will probably go through in a future podcast. Yes. But it's just funny because that is the sentiment that a guy like that might have in a small That's... town in the middle of Ireland. That's why it's funny. Not it, making it's fun a of very people. accurate portrayal, I think. Yeah. Of just, and we'll, we'll talk more about the characters, of course, but 
I, I just thought that was the standout moment of the film for me. Yeah. Um, and that's it. So the, the, he, he ends up getting a morrow, gets his paddy cap, gets used to eating uh, a full Irish breakfast, including the dreaded black pudding, which is one lovely, actually. I don't know what she, issue he has. Part of the problem with that is that she calls it blood pudding. No one in Ireland calls it blood pudding. That's it's what black the, pudding. That's what the English call it. Yeah. I mean, we call it, it is, black pudding. It is blood pudding. Or black pudding. But it's black pudding. Yeah. And, I mean, I think that was a perfect time for an American joke where he's like, but pudding's a dessert. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like, if your chocolate pudding is black, I would sincerely question about eating it, to be brutally honest with you. So he gets used to it. He becomes basically an Irishman. Cultural appropriation. Cultural appropriation. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care. Anyone to can the, be Irish if they want. To the point where he plays uh, Gaelic football, which is our version of soccer, kind of mixed with... Um, I'd say kind of a full contact kind of sport almost. Yeah. It, it, it certainly portrayed as, as quite aggressive in this film, which isn't exactly untrue. You're allowed to shoulder tackle people. It's and like stuff. the weirdest mix of soccer, rugby, and volleyball. I think like it's de- like we have a thing where we like do an exchange with the Aust- Aust- Aussie rules football in Australia every now and again. We have a game against them with our two. Uh, different styles and it's probably the closest to that because it's it's like imagine soccer but you can pick the ball up and you can also like half bait the shite out of people i think isn't it an accurate way yeah you know like what, what was that thing in that film it's like hurling is an irish version of a fight br- that breaks out in a hockey pitch i'm like eh, makes sense makes sense so he, he gets that and eventually he'd uh he, he decides oh i'm going to try and romance sarah at the Kaylee, which is like a big irish trad dancing thing which yeah, i suppose it's not an inaccurate portrayal in the film i, yeah, I thought it I wasn't mean, been overdone we're kind of both city slickers so yeah. we don't see a lot of Kayleys or any but uh um, <laughs> it does happen in smaller towns I, so it wouldn't yeah, be inaccurate to have one there. Generally speaking, I thought it wasn't a million miles off. I just thought it was a... You don't really get the large kind of group dancing thing. There yeah, are that, dances that's with more them. Like, you know, you, you, there are like, the, like the, the, the Walls of Limerick and the Siege of Venice. There are kind of like dances like that where you're kind of having like yeah. large groups of partners. But generally Irish dancing is a solo thing or you'd be dancing with people, but it's not quite like the way they were doing in the yeah. film. Yeah, and they'd normally have it in, like, the town hall. You know, it's the town not rec- normally, yeah, it's not, it's not normally room. in a pub. It's not, like, you'd have a trad session there, which is just a bunch of, like, people playing which traditional they, Irish they had music, on which the they do. chalkboard outside. Which they do, but it, I just think it was a bit, it's not necessary. it's like this thing, like, the whole, like, a lot of parts of the film are, it's not a million miles away, it's got the yeah, right idea. It's just, there's something a little bit wrong that's like, you, an Irish person, didn't write this. Yeah. I mean, for me, there are certain parts that are pretty much the lowlights of the whole movie. Like, for some reason, the B&B is a shithole. Which I don't get. It's like, it's like oh, this is the best room I have. And it's like, thanks. Like, why, why, does that, why is that an angle? Is that something about we're just ungrateful and I mean, hosts? look, there are some really old B&Bs in Ireland that probably aren't the best. But what do you expect? And why are you portraying all of Ireland as the shitty? I, I found that <laughs> kind of big. Because I, I think, you know, the, the character, the, the B&B owner, um, Evelyn... I think she's a wonderful yeah. character. She's very much like the Mrs. Doyle from Father Ted, but definitely kind of an Irish kind of almost granny, nana kind of yeah. person. She's like the older kind of Irish woman. And, and they drag on that he's cold thing for so long. Like It's it, like, just buy a fucking hot water bottle. Yeah. I mean, it's not a big deal. It's like, I think there is a certain type of Irish person, definitely, that, you know, it's like, oh, it's always cold. Like, yeah. Close the windows, put on the heat, and then whatever. So I I I get like I get like you're from New but you're from New York like New York is is Baltic it's yeah. freezing, <laughs> which brings me to another point. He's from New York and there's a certain point in the movie where they could have really used just a uh, New York catchphrase, even flip it because he's reading a book while walking down the street. And he hey, knocks I'm in. walking here. Yeah, exactly. He's like he's walking down the street 
He knocks into someone because he's reading a book. And I would have loved it if the Irish guy said to him, I'm walking here. That That's all I needed. Yeah. Roll credits, end movie. It's like Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think like it, it's oddly endearing. I don't get some of the choices. But anyway, to, to, to leave it kind of up there, um, Michael does end up getting off with Sarah and everything is wonderful. And the the mayor's assistant, uh, Doyle, is, is, tries to get in an outside leprechaun expert yeah. to kind of say, oh, there's no leprechauns there without seeing it. And he's like, oh, that's not right. So the leprechauns apparently although it's not seeing kind of cause him misfortune and he, like, he chases bits of gold and gets hit by a car and ends up in the hospital like oh no I'm dropping that now I don't want to, the, the little yeah, people to come kind of, after me it, it brought something to my attention that you could almost recut this movie into a fucking horror movie you could I actually mean, quite there's, easily there's this one weird part where Adrian Pastar's character wakes up in the middle of the night and there's a fucking uh, pine cone under him yeah and it's like this is creepy. I mean, this could be the start of a horror film. Like, at certain points, there's a fucking tractor always going past. The same tractor always going past. And it's like, this could be a horror movie. Or just that the fell on the bike could be the murderer or something, isn't it? Even that was another weird thing. Because obviously they had it in the script that he was going to be on a bike. Yeah. And then your man was going to have the little moped. But, like, from a health and safety point of view, what lunatic is cycling around Ireland? in the middle of the snowiest winter we've ever had. <laughs> I don't, like, I really, like, I get the character is full, like, oh, the guy he meets at the crossroads and brings him into the town. There's, like, a certain Irish hospitality and welcoming there. And I stuff. thought he was going to be a leprechaun or an elf or something. Yeah, I, I really thought, oh, this guy will actually be the leprechaun, the king of the leprechauns the whole time. Yeah, something weird. Because he, he had that elfy look. Yeah, I thought they were kind of going for that. I mean... But it just didn't go anywhere, and I'm like, oh, that's yeah, he's just a guy. Clearly, if I'd written it, it would have been a much different film. So then, unfortunately, Seamus dies, the old fella, which is yeah. kind of comes a bit out of nowhere. Well, no, it doesn't because they foreshadow it when Sarah Kavanaugh says that uh, the Banshee is wailing around the place. Yes, and it, of for course, some reason, and if you listen to our previous podcast, you'd know exactly what that means. Yeah, it it doesn't make a lot of sense. You don't actually hear it. Like just after that, Adrian Pastar's character hears the leprechauns, which is a really squeaky kind of pitter patter. Yeah, and it's like this. This is just weird. Like just give them I, normal I just, noises. Yeah, I just thought it was a bit odd. I mean. Yeah, but anyway. It was very much Lucky Charms leprechauns compared to yeah. what we had in Darby O'Gill. So anyway, you get Seamus's funeral then, which is quite a brief affair by Irish funeral standards, I would yeah. have thought. And I, we don't really get the whole everyone says something at the graveside oh, like that. no. Something even weirder than that. They played Amazing Grace yes, on a bagpipe. Which... And we, I, I've never heard Amazing Grace played in Ireland. I don't think... Like, they played... Bagwise at funeral isn't exactly a million miles off something you'd have in Ireland, but like I it's, think it's an occasional thing you wouldn't get. Yeah, like a very big funeral maybe, but I, I've I've never been at one myself that has yeah. had that. But amazing grace if you were Irish, never... we've been at a lot of funerals. Oh yeah, people I, are dying I, all the time. I've never heard amazing grace being played at a funeral before. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I found it weird just for like obviously Americans would yeah would identify would with identify that more, with it, but it just it it was strange and I don't. Don't understand why an Irish person in the scene wouldn't have pointed it out. Yeah, it's also I just the whole thing of them just standing around the coffin going into the ground isn't. I thought that it was like a little chart thing that was actually quite nice. Yeah. I thought that was not inaccurate, but oh, I never really seen that whole people just quietly kind of talking around the grave. It's a very American kind of movie. Yeah, having they kind of you know everyone says their piece. Before yeah, they're... it's you do that afterwards in the pub at the wake. Yeah, you know, you wouldn't really do, or sorry, the wake beforehand, or like in the pub afterwards. I mean, yeah, definitely after with a big pint yeah. in hand. You know, just like rem- 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 reminiscing about the the person who passed away, and it's yeah. Anyway, I I just but anyway, so Seamus has passed away. Unfortunately, that kind of motivates him, and 
and Michael's boss comes over from America's like we gotta get this sorted and get all our ducks in a row and things and the kind of feeling that winds up at this point is just like oh well they found a solution that'll make everyone happy by kind of re- leaving some leprechauns there and redirecting things and yeah they're, they're they're leaving some land to the leprechauns and then they're using the rest of the land but his then solution to stay in Ireland is just another weird thing it was like he's yeah. a fixer for the company and he's like I'm going to stay on as plant supervisor it's like that's not how jobs work also it's not really like a massive demotion for you but like obviously yeah. he doesn't care if it's a demotion because he wants to stay in Ireland yeah but it's just if I walked up to my boss and said okay I want to work over there now I am his boss yeah it doesn't work that way you don't just tell people what your job is now <laughs> I get yeah I mean he could find a job work in there I'm, I'm work in, in the, in the pub. Work, yeah. I mean, if you're presumably you're going to marry Sarah and, and like run the pub with her, I mean, you could run the pub and she could just be a full time leprechaun tour giver, hunter or something. Another yeah. thing, the amount of PDAs in this movie, no Irish person does that. Just shifting in the pub. Yeah, that's. Um, I mean, okay, in a nightclub. Okay, first off, it, <laughs> we have to explain it. Shifting. Is our version of making out because to us making out sounds like what children say. <laughs> I just like. Oh, you should have just said, "What the hell is shifting?" <laughs> <laughs> we need to explain uh, these things. So you don't do that in a pub, yeah. Yeah, you don't just like have stand some, in the middle of the pub decency. I mean, in a nightclub where it's dark. Yeah, fine. More but, the face not, some but, but not in a pub because it's just a little too much, like a peck. Fine. But anything yeah. more than that is weird. Yeah, so that's it. So, I mean, that's kind of the gist of the film. And he just stays there and he's... Oh, like Leprechaun said, there's a little hat left on the counter and someone's robbed his pint, so all, all good there. What did you think, Steve, overall? Well, as I said, it's not a terrible movie. I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. There were some weird moments. There were some good moments. I mean, he had a great line, poor old Seamus, was, uh, to be Irish, you have to blame all misfortunes on the... One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yes, Which, uh, we do. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, That's that was accurate. I think there's a great line the, the said about the mayor as well by his uh, assistant Doyle. Oh, sorry, I think the mayor actually says, um, "I'm a politician. I believe what the people believe." When, when yeah, which is, about which is pretty much all politicians. Yeah. So that was pretty good. But there's a bit, I think, as well. But the, the best line of the films, too, of course, is when uh, Michael and Sarah are up on the mountain having their cup of tea and their little flask and sitting out in the snow, and Sarah turns to him and says. Someone not from Ireland. You sure know how to talk a lot of blarney. Hey. Roll credits. It's all we needed to hear. We love the movie. It is the best. Uh, I mean, they shouted out the podcast. I mean, we have to give them that. 
into eight years before the podcast made. That's how that's how long we planned look, this. They said it. We created a podcast based off of how bad it was, and without having watched it, we picked Blarney, which is in it. So I we, think that's good. I think we we've should, got it. We should definitely like tweet this at Amy Hoverman and um, your man. <laughs> so everyone who's listening, tweet at Brian O'Driscoll. <laughs> <laughs> release the Blarney cut <laughs> just uh, another point I wanted to make do we really have town mayors is that a thing no uh, yeah. we, the, the thing about this is now I mean, our when, towns are so small why would you need a mayor really I, I, I'll, to speak briefly about Irish politics and that kind of the, the way it works here um, at the time the film was shot we would have still had town councils we don't anymore in Ireland. Local, we have local government on a kind of a generally county basis and city basis. So we don't really have anything devolved in that. There's like different areas in each county that would have like elect councillors. Um, so it's it's a little bit odd. I it, it's not inaccurate in a sense. It's just that instead of it being the mayor and him being like a local politician, it would probably be like a civil servant from the counts, county council based in the area. But I mean, it's right. not it's not a million miles off, though, is the thing. Yeah, it's just a little odd. So I've realised that I have a lot more grievances. <laughs> this is just going to become the podcast now. Every time we watch a really bad movie, I'm going to have a list of grievances that I'm going to go through and complain about and curse over. So first off, at the beginning, when uh, the guy on the bicycle comes along, he starts saying, well, there's Bally this and Bally that, Bally everything else. And it's like, what the... This isn't funny. That's not okay. Firstly, Bally is, is a word that we use for place names, but everything isn't called Bally. Yeah, there's that like Bally. It, I will say they actually the Irish name of the town is Bally Glen is the name of the town or village. Uh, Bally Glen is uh, what is given in Irish. That would roughly translate as that, but Bally in Irish place names um, comes from the Irish Bally, which just means town. Yeah, I mean I'm not going to go over to America and they'll be like, oh we have New York and we have New Jersey and New. Brunswick. New Brunswick, is in, <laughs> which is in Canada. <laughs> Close enough. I, I, I really thought I had it there. <laughs> I didn't know where that was going. <laughs> I couldn't think of another place with New New Vegas? No. Well, that hasn't happened yet. Damn. Soon, though. Soon. See, they're going to come along with another new. So, yeah, I, I thought that was something anyway, but um, I think, like, Bally Glen isn't a real place in Ireland. People might be shocked yeah, to hear. There's a Bally Glen Art Museum. But that's about it. It's in Bally Castle. It's in Mayo, isn't it? Yeah, which is in Mayo. I it did. could be where it is. I mean, you have the coast there as well. It's really close. It's just really hard to say. Yeah, I didn't really... I did try and look up this, whether there's anywhere called Bally Glen or even like by the Irish version that's given in the film, there isn't. Um, I, I I don't know. There's, like, Bally is quite a common place in certain parts of the country, but, you know, like Bally or Kill is a very common Irish uh, place at the start of an Irish place name. Yeah. But, you know, like Kildare, Bally Common, um, etc. I, I, I won't just, like, list off Irish yeah. place names that people have no Because then you'll of. be basically repeating what the guy in the movie did. Yeah. Which would be stupid. So, uh, the next thing then is wool in everything. We don't go around wearing fucking sheep all the time. We yeah. wear normal clothes. I get. I can kind of get the bit where like he, Michael is going like, oh, I'm going to become Irish, and he goes into the shop and it's like the big Aaron woolen jumper and like the flat paddy yeah, cap. And I can kind of get that as like, 
oh, it's like, this is what you think we wear. And then if you yeah. went into shame, it's like, we don't wear that at all. I don't really think it's a thing. Like, maybe yeah. people in the islands or like in the Irish-speaking areas Yeah, possibly I don't know, some people but... in more rural areas. But in general, you know, we go to a place called Pennies, which you might know as Primark. Yeah. And we buy normal clothes there. Like myself and Stewie, you can't see us because this is a podcast. We're both wearing like plaid shirts and, and jeans. jeans at the so not exactly your traditional Irish garb. I will say that I, I think Seamus, the, the old fella in the pub, was wearing like pretty much what you think an old fella would wear, kind of like the old yeah, jacket. I, mean, and yeah, stuff. I think that was stuff accurate. like that. Yeah. And, you know, the, the lads being barflies inside the pub Absolutely. was pretty much. There are people where you'd go every day of the week and they'd just exactly be sitting it. there in their same spot drinking. I wouldn't know about dominoes, though. I've never seen anyone play dominoes in a pub. I've Except seen, for in university. I have seen it in one or two pubs. Um, it's generally older people would play it, I think is what it was. You weren't allowed to really play cards in a pub because gambling was illegal at the time. And if they saw you playing cards, they would have thought it's for money. So oh, they're, they're, going going of, well, they're going to hell. But also, like card playing was banned by the British in a lot of pubs. And yeah. a lot of those bylaws actually... Uh, carried over so okay one last thing and then i have an actual good thing so at one point they're talking adrian pastar and amy huberman and for some reason she says oh you're like irish moss it's like okay there is i checked this up hmm. there is a specific breed of moss called irish moss but just call it fucking moss it's like oh you're you're, you're like an irish jumper it's like just stretch a jumper just call it the same thing. <laughs> it just reminds me of, I think it's a live in Keenan and Keller or something. So I just go to France and ask for fries, they'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, exactly. Just, just call it Moss. But uh, so the good thing is that they actually refuted one of the most annoying lines that people from other countries say to us, which is top of the morning to you. Ah, uh, God. We don't say that. Yeah, like, only, only if we're doing it ironically. And in this movie, say that. they fought back against that. They knew that it was wrong. And they said so, which is probably the only good thing this movie has done for the entire country, except for probably some money that came in. Yeah, you know, they tried. They did honestly try to not completely paddy this up, but... Yeah, I mean, I think eh. the thing that stood to it the most was having an all-Irish cast, except for, obviously, the New Yorker. One thing that I found a bit weird, and I think this comes with Irish actors in general, is... So A.B. Hooverman is from Dublin. Yeah. And so when she tries to put on a neutral Irish accent, it doesn't really it sound It sounds right. odd. It's similar to yeah. Saoirse Ronan. It's just, it's a very strange, strange accent that they, they affect when they're doing there it. There is a thing I'll say as well with the accents that the Irish people, they don't have consistent accents in the village, which yeah. is a bit weird. Now, I can kind of gather that, okay, some people might move there and everything else. And fair enough it doesn't say what part of ireland it is in i mean we know what part it was shot in also he has like limerick reg in his car yeah is this l l for limerick we all of our counties have a letter for their license plates basically or two letters so um it's a bit weird like seamus has kind of like an older like has a more kind of rougher yeah. older kind of accent i would have said he's from kind of the, the, the country somewhere kind of the midlands the two barfly fellas one has a clare accent the other has more of a north well, it's got a neutral North Dublin accent, I would have said. The young fella has a tip accent, you know. Yeah, it's uh, a bit all Sarah, Sarah does have a, I would have said, it's definitely not a rural accent. She said she's from the town. It's like, so that's the default accent then for the town. Yeah, it's a bit odd. Which but, is weird. I, I mean, we a, don't have a lot of actors because most of them go to eat the UK anyway, yeah. which is a topic for another day. But, but, <laughs> but, but you know, just, just, just to say, there is a larger variation of accents in Ireland, even though we're quite a small island, small nation, yeah. than people maybe realise. And 
but there is a consistency to it unless you're from another part and move to another part of Ireland you know there is more of a consistency there and I, I, that's just something I just noticed I mean it's just a small thing I mean I suppose I can't blame the Americans too much for that yeah. because you know if you had like a proper north side dub someone from like Badenanti and Limerick City and then someone from like you know uh, the proper north end of Donegal yeah good luck understanding them so I can I can understand why yeah. they kind of said tone it down a little bit was the only really big trope I saw in the movie was Seamus himself being the kind of the, the yeah. old wise man who knows all the stories so he kind of just a little bit of spoilers but I think we're pretty much spoiled anyway um, I, I didn't read the plot <laughs> <laughs> at one point he randomly says to Garrus he says the story of King Solomon cutting a baby in half and that comes up at the end then Adrian Passar's character realises that he can do this with the land to keep the leprechauns happy and it's just like Okay, so he said something earlier on that made no sense, but then later on was like, "Oh yeah, we should do this." It's like common sense would tell you if they're over there and we're we can yeah, just go over here. We could just build around them or whatever. It, it's just odd. I I didn't really get that whole Solomon yeah. story thing. It's like I mean, I guess it's kind of the oh Irish people love he, Jesus. Yeah, but but surely wouldn't it make sense for him to tell a story about? like an Irish mythical story that was kind of about a similar vein I can get the kind of Catholicism thing or even the Christianity thing but the whole film is about fairies like this is pre-Christian Ireland stories it's just a weird kind of departure you'd make because there isn't really any other mention of religion at all until his funeral I guess yeah oh and there were like the bench that Seamus just tended to be chilling on in the middle of the night for some reason. That's probably how he died. Yeah. I'm going to say if someone in his like 70s or 80s sits on a bench at two in the morning he, when it's the snowing freezing out, cold, yeah. he's probably going to get hypothermia and die. I'd also say that uh, Sarah goes, oh, I do have uh, closing hours in my pub at one point. I mean, Jesus, you clearly don't go with the laws are if you're, <laughs> if you're doing lock-ins till half two in the morning. <laughs> I suppose we don't. I don't think we see a guard at all, or a, a policeman. Uh, we call them guards over here. Yeah. Um. At all in the film, so clearly it's the right place to do it. Yeah, that was another way. I think the tractors are the the guardy there. I yeah. The, the two two slight takeaways I'd say of a stereotypical Irish town that's missing. Firstly, a priest, and then secondly, uh, a guard police officer. Yeah. Uh, I suppose the last thing really to talk about then is the leprechauns themselves, which yeah. Obviously, we don't see they're invisible, which is something that leprechauns can yes. do. But, as we said earlier, it's just that weird, high-pitched jingling. I thought it was like, it might as well have been Alvin and the Chipmunks, who were sneaking around, doing all of the shit, stealing his keys. Secret! Uh, <laughs> and putting a pine cone in his bed. It that. was weird. It was just really weird. It. I, I think, I was thinking about this, and I think it, it was an interesting choice. I kind of like it in one sense, because... You know, there's certain bits of it where you can be like, are there actually leprechauns there, or is, is it he just having a mental break? Is he having a mental breakdown, <laughs> or is it just? It's like it's all kind of things. Oh, like he lost his keys. They were in his. Oh, they were in his pocket the whole time. And it's like you could be, you could think, okay, maybe leprechauns didn't do that. Maybe he's just forgetful. There's that little bit. Okay, and then towards the end, like the little hat is on the bar and someone drank his pint. So you clear now, okay, they're, they're they're real at that point. But I actually kind of prefer the thing that they didn't try to do, like the derby you get and have like badly done CGI leprechauns or have someone from a distance. 
Um, I think that was probably a better choice just to have him kind of unseen. Although I do take the point that we kind of said earlier that the fell on the bicycle at the very start who turns up again at the end. Yeah, he, he should definitely. He should have been. A, he should have been like a leprechaun or a fairy or something or king of the fairies. I think that was they completely missed out on a trick there. Could have been planned and they cut it out or something. But I was just expecting him to like disappear into like a puff of smoke or something at the very end of the movie, which he did not. Um, there's something I kind of want to talk about here. Another thing about the realism that uh, oh. Is it entirely possible that an American company is like trying to build on this land and then couldn't do it because there were leprechauns there or superstitioned? Now, this isn't entirely something that's just been made up. There is a kernel of truth to things like this. Yeah. I think I kind of mentioned it in the last podcast a little bit, where I said there was an Irish road that had to be moved around because there was a, a fairy tree there and a banshee lived there. Um, I looked into this a little bit more because I... I did remember driving past it a couple of times it's uh, in a place in county clare called outside newmarket and fergus which if you ever fly into shannon airport you will be very close to it um our president michael d higgins um grew up there newmarket yeah. and fergus as did some of my family so basically there's a motorway going out from limerick to galloway and there's a weird kind of bend in it and a weird kind of turn in it and there's also like a, an overpass there as well and there's slip roads going up to the overpass take a weird tangent as well there's like almost a little triangle of land there with this very big bushy tree and it's a fairy tree and due to canvassing by a, a local historian called eddie lenehan was his name he was a shanaki as well yeah. irish storyteller he basically campaigned to get this moved because it was a fairy tree and he lobbied local politicians had written into the local paper and he said and he literally said this is where the fun starts and i think that's millions didn't it Oh, it costs millions to, to do this. It, it it doesn't look like it's a massive detour. I, I'm showing Stu a picture of this now. You can kind of see it's a little bit wide. Yeah. But it knocks all the roads out of symmetry. And they have to like go back and redo things. But this was generally seen as a, not an unpopular thing in, in the kind of area. People had heard the stories. People knew about it. And... Yeah, so to say like the whole thing about the leprechauns disrupting a, something being built, it isn't a million miles away from yeah. things that have happened in Ireland. Like there were bits as well in other parts of the country where housing estates stop at weird points because there used to be like fairy forts there or similar trees as well where they oh they tried to cut down the tree with the chainsaws and the chainsaw broke too. Yeah. I was kind of curious about why they picked copper though because I don't think we have a very big copper mining industry here. I mean zinc, I know. Yes. But... I think not copper, since the Bronze Age have we really done a lot of copper. <laughs> yeah, I found that a bit. Just like, We're just being really pedantic, copper. really. But uh, that's what we do on the show. I mean, gold, fair enough. Like leprechauns and gold, I, I yeah. wouldn't have thought would be the worst thing in the world. So yeah, maybe. But that was that was something I wanted to just mention. Being like, are we that crazy and backward in certain parts of the country? Yes, yes, we are. Uh, I think every country has their own kind of quirks I, I think it kind of goes into like the what the mayor says in the thing oh i'm a politician i'll i'll uh, believe what the people believe in literally what happened in claire with that motorway yeah pretty much <laughs> so uh, i suppose we'll give our ratings yeah i mean overall not a fantastic film no it's not winning an oscar anytime soon i think Ad adrian pazder pazder i really should look at it pronounce his name correctly but it, it's no american like it's going to be wrong did a pretty good job. I think he actually comes off as quite genuine in parts. Yeah, it, I think Jazzy. Yeah, he's he really good. A, he gave a good performance. Like it's I odd think, seeing him, who I've seen in in bigger roles, and heroes and all that. Yeah, I think overall he did a good job. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't have said he gave a. He didn't ham it up. I don't think he he even like when he was being Irish, quote unquote. He didn't 
padding it up too much. I think he did it. I I I quite enjoyed watching him on scene. I think he he really kind of catches your presence. Um, Amy Huberman did a good job as Sarah. I mean, she's is it Huberman or Huberman? I I'm saying Huberman. I mean. I'd probably get slapped with Mrs. O'Driscoll. But <laughs> <laughs> Amy did a great job there. Ah, there we go. Uh, we'll fix it in post. It's fine. I think she's a good job. She's one of the better-known Irish kind of actresses in Ireland who hasn't like isn't like isn't Saoirse Ronan, I guess you yeah. could say. Uh, did a good job. Uh, absolutely there. I think as well some of the ancillary characters like uh, Terry Byrne who played Seamus. He, I, I looked him up a little bit. He he done a couple of other kind of small roles, but I think he. he kind of does the kind of Derby O'Gilly kind of comes across like this Irish grandfather Um, I know he was in Game of Thrones he played Septon a Septon so the Septons are kind of like yeah. uh, priests almost I, I haven't seen Game of Thrones you can you, you, you will discover this in later episodes everyone try to figure out how we can connect Game of Thrones to Ireland and then we'll get him same with Harry Potter. He's never seen a Harry Potter movie I've do seen, it quickly I've seen two of them two of them he has five left Maybe I've seen this. I can't remember. I honestly don't know. I haven't heard good things about the play, but that's a different, <laughs> I, that's that's a different story. Or the writer. No. Yeah. <laughs> Cut this. <laughs> but I think the other performances. I mean, I think Eve, uh, Evelyn, played by Marion O'Dwyer, comes off quite well, and she's definitely like the kind of Irish mammy. I think the stylistic choices in it, with the the hostelies there, the B and B saying and being crap, are not her fault as an actress. Yeah, no, there's no way that's her fault. She did a really good job. She was like the local Irish gossip, which she played really yep. well, just kind of sneaking around the background, trying to listen into conversations and phone calls. Yeah, so I mean, like some of the other kind of characters, like, you know, Doyle, Tommy, Molly, I think they're just sort of, you yeah, know, they do, they're their there. they do their job. There's nothing really against them. The old regulars in the pub, I thought they they just look the part. Oh, yeah. I, I think they just looked the part, and I was quite happy with that. I think they wrapped filming, and the lads just sat there and had a few more pints. Yeah, I, I, I did say, as soon as I saw them in the background, I was like, I know you from Killing the Scully. Yeah. It was one of the fellas was uh, Sergeant Dick from Killing the Scully, which is an Irish, um, I don't know if I'd call it a sitcom. It's a comedy TV show. Comedy TV show. Which um, we might get to once We'll we get ended. to someday. If, if we ever run out of the bad ones, we'll start doing some good ones. <laughs> once once we, if you if you want to kind of see... Irish comedy, certainly some Irish characters by an Irish person. Look up Pat Short and John Kenny, yeah. either as dumb believers or on their own. That's a fantastic little foray into Irishness. But I, I think the acting in this film wasn't too bad overall. I think it wasn't, it didn't go into farce too much. Right. I think I I think it I I didn't it didn't distract from the film too much. I think just the premise itself was a bit distracting at times, but I don't think the actors did a bad job. Right. So what's your rating, Rob? Crack of gold or crack of shades? Um, crack of copper. I I, I think oh. I'd have to go. I think I'd have to go as oh. far as as say to golden do copper or yeah, maybe copper or maybe. <laughs> um, like not not awful is what I'll say. It's like a, it's a good six and a half out of ten film. It's it's all right. I don't say crack of shades straight out. Really? Oh, I, I thought that there were some redeeming features to it. There I, were. Yeah, but not enough to redeem the nonsense that went on. There was a lot of nonsense, but I, I think it's not an awful film. I, I mean, I, I'll give it one piece of gold for the you're not English bit. Because that was very good. That just kills. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> That's a very good line. Uh, and the, the talking Blarney bit as well. We definitely yeah, should cut that. Uh, like, let's see if we can license that line. <laughs> so uh, if you want to send in your own ratings and reviews, go right ahead. You can find us at talkingblarneypod at gmail.com. Before we end the show, I want to give... A quick shout out to the current one on Reddit who actually gave us our new podcast icon. 
which is fantastic because we're both really bad at editing images. Yep. So if you want to review the show, you can go ahead and do that on the podcast app of your choice and follow or sub to us on that. Of course, please tell a friend about the show. I would also like to say thank you to everyone in Orsonas, Ireland and Reddit yeah. when we put up the, the first thing and got feedback. Um, guys, that was so nice of all of you. Thank you so much if you're listening. I found all of your suggestions very interesting. I myself and Sue have looked into them. And one bit in particular about Stage Irish Wikipedia article, which is something yeah. really interesting, which I've talked to Stu we'll about. We'll have we're, a deep dive on that. We're going to have a deep have dive. learned as much as we can. Uh, yeah, we will. But I think thank you guys for listening. It was a lot of fun watching this again and talking about yeah. uh, but Stu next time what are you thinking what will we do so next time we are going to watch The Foreigner and so we're putting it out ahead of time so that you guys can watch it as well if you want to send in a review beforehand we can read it out on the show we might read out a few of your ratings as well for the previous mm-hmm. episode and for the podcast as a whole you can send that again to talkingblarneypod at gmail.com or you can get us on Twitter at blarneypod. Or shout at us in the street. That also works. Yeah, if you can find us, which you shouldn't be able to because that's creepy, shout at us in the street, apparently. (laughs) So once again, uh, tell a friend and thanks for listening, guys. See you next week. (laughs) Take care. Oh yeah, new podcasts every Monday. (sighs) Pints? Cans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.